It's a registered dietitian and author of number one bestseller, Once Upon a Diet, Tony Marinucci. You know her as Tips with Tony on Instagram. Uh, the podcast, Tips with Tony, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. Tony, welcome to Squats and Margaritas. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Every once in a while, I like to have an actual professional on. Um, I talk a lot about living a balanced lifestyle. I was a um, division one athlete in college. So I, I do know how to lift properly, but I'll talk about like fitness and what I'm eating. And again, once in a while, I'd like to have an actual professional a registered dietitian come on to really speak on the things, because I know that you believe in balance as well. Yes. And you have a degree to back that up. So welcome. I found lately, like talking to women that are in personal training, uh, nutrition fields like that. Uh, there was something kind of that drove them to get into that career. And like, for me, for what I do now, I struggled with eating disorder. So now I feel mm -hmm. compelled to help other women. Was there something like from childhood or like an event that kind of shaped you into wanting to be a registered dietitian and helping other women? Yes. It, um, unfortunately that is very common, right? When you go into a field to help others, it's probably from a place of pain, mm -hmm. uh, frustration. So that was me. I grew up overweight, insecure, uh, food was always on my mind. Wanting to lose weight became a thing that I decided I was going to do because it was pointed out to me really young because I got teased about my weight because even family members would say things to me. Like if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend. So it became really clear to me that I needed to change the way that I looked in order to be accepted in today's society and to find love and happiness. Mm. And that's the story that was put into my head very early on. So unfortunately it I went down some very disordered eating habits and behaviors. I did not struggle with an eating disorder, but I definitely had some disordered eating tendencies. I would skip meals. I would then binge. I would exercise excessively. I would try this fad, this thing that I see, you know, in this magazine, I would overhear like what my aunts were talking about. They were doing with weight watchers. And I kind of just tried it all. And I was getting increasingly frustrated because nothing was changing to with my weight. And if anything, I was just exhausted. And I felt like I was constantly thinking about food all of the time. I had no energy. Um, I just, I would played sports. So I also played sports. It wasn't good enough for D1, but I definitely <laughs> played sports. And, but at the same time, I felt like my weight was the thing that held me back because my skills were there, but I felt like I couldn't run a fast enough mile for tryout. So therefore I couldn't get on varsity at a younger age, which was my goal. And I just, put so much pressure on myself to lose this weight. So long story short, I went about it in a very disordered way. I realized restriction wasn't the answer. It's actually part of the problem. And I decided to go to school to become a registered dietitian because yes, I wanted to help people, but also I genuinely, to be, to be frank, I wanted to help myself. I wanted to figure out like, how can I lose this weight? How can I do it in a uh, way that I feel better? And that was the shift for me. When I started focusing on how food made me feel instead of on about how it made me look. That's when I found balance in my eating habits. And that's what I encourage people to do today. So many years later, I've now been a dietitian for almost nine years. Whoa. You look yeah. like you're 20. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot, which I'm like, I guess it's a good thing. Cause here I am yeah. thinking I need Botox, but apparently no. <laughs> You're doing it, whatever you're doing, just stick with that. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So 
Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I've been a dietitian for nine years. My business is almost like, I want to say five years old at this point. Um, but I started, it became more of an online, like a full-time thing, um, maybe three or four years ago. And that's why, you know, what I do today, it's from that. I'm trying to help that, that nine-year-old girl inside of me that felt like she didn't belong because of her body size. Oh my God. Everything that you said, pretty much everything resonates with me. Like it's the same thing. I grew up with the diet culture and for me, soccer was everything. And I equated thin, like you said, with better for soccer, I could run faster. I struggled with everything, but the Mm. worst in high school was anorexia. And I would come home from school and like nap so that it wasn't time that I was eating and everything. Like I wouldn't eat carrots because it was a starchy carbohydrate at one point. Um, everything was off limits. And I did that for a while and got super skinny in high school. And then when it was affecting soccer, like a coach said, your crosses aren't even strong anymore. You've lost so much strength in your leg. That was like a light bulb. Like, Oh God, like it's all about soccer and this is affecting soccer. So I'm going to eat, but then I'm going to go on a treadmill or an elliptical and work it off because in my mind, as it is a mental illness, I could just calculate what I wrote. You know, I would literally, I know some people you posted something recently about how, like, if you're working out to kind of like cancel out calories, like that's not, it's an eating disorder. Mine was to a higher degree. Like I would jot down on note cards, the exact, um, calorie count. Then I would go and work it off. Like thinking that I was canceling it out. doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did that for so long and then it actually, uh, went to evolved into actual bulimia, And that was the thing that I struggled with the longest, um, for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it was the same thing. Like I'm doing what I'm doing now. Like you said, that nine-year-old girl to the woman that is frustrated, like you were saying, and living how I was like with restriction and like, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything. Women are taught calories in versus calories out. I'm going to barely eat. I'm going to do cardio seven days a week. And that doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. that's what we have been told that is works for women. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing that and you think you're doing it right and you get frustrated, um, balance changed everything for me. And that like, after living literally 20 years from 16 to 36 with restriction, um, and not seeing results, I wanted to share this way of doing it. And I want to start there. Like, can you speak on why restriction fails people? Yeah. Well, first of all, from a physiological standpoint, our bodies need calories. Our, our bodies need energy and calories are a unit for energy. And we need basic nutrition just to help us for our brain to function, for our eyes to function, for our lungs to function, for our, um, body to be able to just like breathe, honestly. Like, so we have a, we need calories in that sense. And most people, when they go to that restriction, they're not eating enough to even support that. That's how extreme it can get. But say even they are now don't take into, we don't, no one takes into the fact that they might be doing a workout or they're running around or doing errands or, you know, working throughout the day. So their calorie needs are there. So we need energy just to function. And so that's the other thing too. I think people forget that our bodies run on energy. And we need to fuel that. It's like, if you don't feel that you don't, you know, you have a, a car and you never put the gas in the gas tank, eventually it's going to die on you. Right. Yes. Cause we don't so, look at it as energy. We think right. of calories, it's not en- energy. If you look they at it as it energy. As, yeah. yeah. Well, Cause they think of it as any amount is too much and therefore it's going to put on weight. And so I think the other thing too, you really do need to disassociate this idea that um, your food directly impacts the number on the scale. And this fear of weight gain is actually what 
creates a lot of the instability and the fluctuations in the scale. And we almost even need to take the scale out of the equation. I, I really do recommend like if you have a disordered relationship with food. So if you have a fear of excess calories, if you have a fear of certain foods like carbohydrates, or like you mentioned, like carrots, for example, yeah. or any sort of vegetable or fruit is very demonized in diet culture as Sugar. well. Mm-hmm. Then you have food, uh, you have these food fears. Then I would take a break from any sort of like calculations or calories or anything like that. And even like numerical values, like the number on the scale and really go back to the basics and really focus on how does this food make me feel? And you'll start to notice that, yeah, restriction works until it doesn't. Meaning like (laughs) if you, if you under eat during the day, like because you're busy and you're at work and you're distracted, you can probably get by, right. Cause you're constantly bombarded. But a lot of people that come to to work with me and are in the dietitians on my team is they might be okay. They they're okay. And they do good. I'm using air quotes where they under eat during the day, but then it's a free for all at night or they do quote unquote good, uh, Monday through Friday by restricting your calories. And then it's a free for all (laughs) on the weekends. And it's just this vicious, like all or nothing mentality. And it's a vicious cycle. So, um, that's why balance really is the key because it's not balance of like going at a hundred and then going to zero and like going all in and going on out. That's not the type of balance you're talking about, but consistently like eating enough to kind of help you support your morning, eating enough in the middle of the day, eating enough in the evening, eating enough, um, you know, maybe snacks in between, you know, getting your body, the calories that it needs to function, um, is just an essential part of life. That's just yes. like what we want to, we need to reframe the way we think about things and trust that once you do that consistently, you'll actually be able to honor your hunger and fullness cues. You'll be able to look at cravings and look at food differently and not overindulge in them and like feel where you eat them to the point of feeling sick. Yeah. Um, you won't have to feel like you need to, um, go to these extremes. If you, you know, you overdid it, um, you'll be able to just every day, regardless of who you are, um, where you're, who you're with, where you're at the time of year, you just eat balanced because that's what makes you feel good. Yeah. It's sustainable. Uh, it's yes. not an on and off thing. And you mentioned like your body needs to function one function that you're probably seeking while you're eating this way is fat burning. If you are under eating and over exercising, your body is not going to burn fat because mm-hmm. it believes that you're starving. And it's like, it doesn't trust you. And it's like, she's not going to eat for me. Like sometimes I had to work out twice. So my body was like, okay, she barely ate. She's about to work out again. Mm-hmm. We better hold on to everything. And there it's mm-hmm. just trying to keep you alive. Fat yeah. burning is not happening if you are under eating. And that's what I always thought calories in versus calories out. That's how it works. I'm just going to under eat and over exercise. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you can do it for a while, just like restriction, but at some point you're either going to be pissed off or like living miserably, which you don't, when you live a balanced lifestyle, or you're going to just be like, that's it. And you binge. And for me, it was exact cycle. You said like, I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to eat bad. I'll eat clean during the week. And then the weekends were like either drinking days or cheat days. Mm -hmm. And that's what you, instead of having a glass of wine every day during the week, I would, it would be off limits. And then on the weekend, it's like you go on a bender and you do a bottle of wine because it's a drinking day and it's not going to be available to you on Monday, but balance. It's like nothing is off limits. Mm -hmm. You just, you don't, I have something sweet in the morning with my coffee. I don't have it again after lunch. Um, I have a cocktail every day and it makes it almost less tempting to binge because it's like, wine is just a part of my lifestyle. Like I don't need to like go out on Friday night and have six drinks because it's a drinking night. Mm -hmm. It's just living with balance and allowing those daily indulgences that you need. Don't, don't cut it out. 
because mm-hmm. that is never going to, you're either going to give up on your balanced lifestyle or you're going to restrict for so long that what I would do would be like, Oh, I blew it. Like I had a sip of wine. Um, I, I quit. I might as well drink a bottle of wine and you kind of justify eating that way or drinking that way till the next week. And you start over on Monday because you blew it. But with balance, mm-hmm. it's like, there's no blow it. There's no start over. It's just kind of like making this. I'm going to say swaps. We This is a great segue <laughs> into this allowing during the day I make swaps. And I really want you to be honest with me because I've had yeah. eating disorder. Uh, people come for me. They said that my balancing where like, I'll leave the bun off a Chick-fil-A sandwich because I really want the fries. and I don't really care about the bun, um, that that's compensatory behavior and it's an eating disorder. And if it is, please tell me. Um, but that's how I live now. And it's like, I'm not saying that if I wanted the bun, I would take it off. I'm saying mm-hmm. if you want to make swaps during the day and allow for other, if I want a beer with my burger, I just, I won't have the bun. I'll have a handful of fries. So I don't feel deprived and I'll have the beer. If mm-hmm. I didn't have the beer, then maybe I would have like dessert. And I've been told that that is compensatory behavior and it's an eating disorder. Great. Okay. Interesting. So this is one, one thing that, um, where I don't consider myself, I don't, I, everyone wants to put a label on things and they want to niche down. I am really more so just a dietitian who is helping you figure out what works best for you. I use intuitive eating principles. I use mindful eating principles. I don't consider yes. myself an intuitive eating dietitian. I also don't consider myself a, a weight management dietitian. I just consider myself helping support the client goals. And the one thing that I've, I've learned and that I've seen time and time and again is the food choice is not the thing that matters. It's the mindset behind the food choice that does. Mm. So if by you making those swaps, you genuinely feel better in your body and in your mind, and it keeps you consistent rather than going tossing back and forth. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Well, now, I'll admit something. It's to maintain yeah. my weight. Is that okay. bad? No, not, <laughs> not necessarily, not necessarily. Um, this is a, the thing that I would be, the thing that might be tricky, what I was about to say is that if in that moment you genuinely do, you do that most of the time, but like in that moment, you really want the burger with the fries and a beer and you want that experience. I want, if you can allow yourself to have that without the guilt and shame and knowing that it's not a rule that you don't always have to swap and that there's flexibility within that, that is completely healthy behavior. <laughs> yeah. I just share it now. Like, and people will be like, well, why, it, why didn't you, you can have the bun. I'm like, I, I don't you can need if you bun. want it, exactly. if you want it. And I do have what I want. Like it. I guess it triggers me when someone says eating disorder, because I know what that exactly. is. And exactly. I live, do you watch real housewives in New Jersey by chance? I don't, I don't, but I I'm from New York and I know a lot of people in Jersey. I basically live the life. Like, I feel like my aunt are like, there. She me like a house. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yes. Jackie Goldschneider. Um, hi Jackie. I'm going to put it out there. Manifest. You're coming on. <laughs> she talks about her anorexia and is like, it took over her life. She talked about it while she was still in it. Like it's still happening, like live on the show. Like she's going through it and she's, she's struggled for 20 years and she's scared she's going to die. And she's like, I have to get a grip on it. It, an eating disorder takes over your whole life. And I have right. been there where you're on vacation. Does the hotel have a gym? Um, I'm going out to dinner. I would look up the menu beforehand to make sure there was some, I would only look at the salads because you don't eat a sandwich or something. You'd only exactly. look at salad. Like I have lived calculating calories and then making sure I worked it off. I would never, you couldn't pay me to take a day off. I would work out seven days a week, 
And I know what that is like. It's almost like, I don't even think about it anymore. Like I do those swaps mm-hmm. all like out of like, it's just learned. Like, I don't even be like, I'm not like, maybe I should take this off because I'm having this. I just do it now. And I've been able to maintain my weight through two pregnancies. And I weigh 20 pounds less than I did when I was restricting working out seven days a week. Now mm-hmm. I exercise three or four times a week. I fuel my body. I don't undereat. I don't overexercise, and I share it with someone who, like you said, is frustrated because they're working out seven days a week and they're under eating. So yeah. that's why I share those things. And then when people are like, that's an eating disorder, it's like, I'm going to continue to share this yeah. because it works for me and I know it can help. But if this compensatory behavior, I, it is noise in my head. Cause I'm like, every time I share something like that, I'm like, is the, is it, that's why I want to ask you compensatory well, behavior. Yeah. The thing is, you know, this is the issue with, and I, I struggle with this too, as a, as a podcast host, as a social media influencer, you don't know who your audience is. You don't know who's listening. So someone who has an eating disorder that could potentially trigger, trigger or like almost like create, um, you know, in their mind or how they go about their day, a way to justify their behaviors. Yes. But, I totally get that. But and I would never time, want to trigger anyone. And right, I, I but, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But like at the same time, like you're not, you're not genuinely, you're not coming from that place. You're coming from a place of I've been the other way and this is what's helped me. And everyone, that's the thing people, we live in a society that is like, Oh, work for her must work for me. No, it just, we're just sharing our experiences. So you can maybe try it, see how it feels for you, but it might not be the thing for you. However, it might be the step that you need to take to realize like what the next thing is for you. You know, that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to not I had an eating disorder, like they gave me two stars on Amazon an eating disorder oh, therapist no. and her, the title of the review was disordered. And it was like, this woman has no right to be speaking on eating disorder recovery when she's not a professional and Amazon, you can't respond anymore. But I made a post about it and I was like, I am not trying to speak on eating disorder recovery. Mm-hmm. I am. This is my story. Like, this is right. what happened to me. This is what I do now. And I can't not share it. Well, like you said, like the nine-year-old girl with the girl that was mm-hmm, me and frustrated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I live like this now when I found the secret of balance and I have to share it. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not going to stop sharing it because I don't have a degree um, as an eating disorder therapist. And right. I didn't even want it to be an eating disorder, anything, but the, the fact that I shared my story, it made it to the eating disorder community. I understand. But I was writing, like I work out less, I lift heavy, I eat more often. And I found my physical ideal. So here's exactly how I do it. And the hopes that it could help someone else. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. My, uh, my book is, uh, it was a number one bestseller on Amazon in multiple categories and eating disorders was one of them. Oh, but I will say my book, I talk about sustainable weight loss. Anyone who is certified in eating disorder would not tell you to, and that's the thing, like, that's where I don't categorize myself as anything. Right. And that just happens to be what Amazon put me as a number one bestseller. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that like I'm promoting this as for people who have eating disorders should read right. my book. Right. You understand? Like, yes. that's the thing. Unfortunately, like we can't, we, we live in a society. You gave the alcohol as an example. People are alcoholics and they're living in a world where drinking alcohol socially is a normal thing. We're human beings who need to eat where people, there's people with eating disorders that are living among the world where we need to eat to live. So it's yeah. not, we can't tiptoe around. We can be mindful. We can be, we can make, um, definitely put disclaimers. You know, I maybe put a disclaimer at the beginning of your, your show, even in this episode, you know, maybe we do a disclaimer or something that are talking about it, like being mindful 
of you, but you at the same time, you can't control how other people are going to perceive you or what they're going to think. And I promise you this, Erin, that you're helping a lot more people than you're hurting by sharing your story, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk about that. My being mindful. Cause that changed everything for me. Um, like honoring my hunger cues mm-hmm. and there's I, it, somebody that like was anorexic. It's like, you're so used to not to be eating hungry. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you tell your brain, tells you you're not hungry when you are, but you yeah. just don't even know what that looks like or feels like you've told yourself. No. So yes. You know, or it felt yeah. like a win. That's like, I'm hungry. Okay. I'm probably going to lose weight. I'm going to wait and save my calories to the end. I used to wait. If it wasn't a meal time, Tony, it was like, no, mm-hmm. I just had breakfast. It's not lunchtime yet. My body is like hungry. And I'm like, no, no, it's not time yet. Everything was, mm-hmm. there's so many rules yeah. times. Now it's like, I tell people now, like if I ate breakfast and I'm hungry an hour later, I eat another breakfast mm-hmm. because my body is hungry and I've reset my metabolism by eating more often and putting muscle on my body. So now I can't, I eat this way because my body's telling me I'm hungry, but there's another part to that. There's another cue, which is satisfied, not cool. Yes, definitely. So, um, I'll, I don't know if you've ever, uh, talked about the hunger scale before on like a previous podcast, but definitely just explain to the the listeners here. So the hunger scale, we have our clients use in our program. Um, actually, believe it or not, I'll actually backtrack in the beginning, very similar to what Erin just shared. You might not really know what hunger is. So I actually think implementing the hunger scale before you have any sort of consistency might be challenging. So I would say still first work on consistently, maybe eating three balanced meals if you're not doing that quite yet. So still incorporate that. Once you get a consistent, you're consistent with that. I would check in with your hunger before you sit down to eat and then check in with your hunger after. So the hunger scale goes from one to 10. I actually have a really great infographic on this on my Instagram and that I actually am thinking about, I'm going to have to do, I have to create a highlight reel of like the things that I talk about all the time. I'm just going to like create a highlight reel of like all these different infographics. So one of them is the hunger scale and from one to 10, one is like, I'm going to faint. I'm so hungry. I'm so dizzy. I'm more than hangry. Uh, 10 is yeah. I'm so full. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to, I, I can't believe I like, I'm just going to pop. So one to three is very hungry. Um, uh, eight, nine, and 10 is full, really full, extra full, right? Mm. The goal is to eat around like a four or a five to check in. How am I feeling? Uh, you don't want to get to hangry. You don't want to get to, you have a headache. You don't want to wait till like you're shaking and you're dizzy. You didn't eat. You want to eat when you feel a little bit of a nudge, um, maybe a little low energy, like whatever it is, like four or five is where you want to eat and then try to eat slowly and mindfully, which I definitely struggle with the slowness part. Um, I'm not really great at that. I get and it. also practicality too. Like your schedule doesn't always, it's not always feasible to like really sit down and allow like 30 minutes to eat a meal. Like sometimes we just got to eat and then move. But if you can sit down and eat mindfully, that would be a bonus. Um, so you, you're eating around a four or five, and then you want to stop around a six or a seven. So a six is full and satisfied. A seven is full. However, if I have one more bite, I'm going to be too full. And so ultimately you want to practice eating around a four or five and stopping at a six or seven. Now, before you even practice that, just take note of it. Just start, maybe keep like a, a journal by you or even a mental note. And what you'll probably start to notice is that when you get to like a two or a three, and then you eat, most people then end up eating to like an eight or a nine. Um, or uh. if they wait till two or a three, they might stop at like, uh, a six or a seven, but then they're hungry an hour later. So what that, what that means is now just take a, be, a look back on maybe my meal wasn't balanced enough. Maybe I didn't have enough in it, 
or maybe, you know, I'm PMSing, or maybe I just did a crazy workout. So I need a little bit extra support or extra calories today, you know, whatever it is, honor that. And the more you honor it, the more you'll, you'll be able to like really navigate that with ease. And it becomes a lot more easier uh, to manage your hunger uh, and fullness cues. And you'll feel more satisfied overall. I love that. And I think that's what I do. I don't get too hungry. Like I'll eat before I get too hungry. And I admittedly, like, I don't ever want to eat till like that kind of fullness again, because I may be tri- uncomfortable. And then I threw up my food for 10 years. Like I can't exactly. ever, I will never let myself eat to that kind of fullness that yeah. you're uncomfortable. So it's yeah. like just checking in that second, am I still hungry or am I satisfied? Yeah. And I said, you talk about food freedom. I have food freedom now. And I was gonna ask you, like, is it more about like when you go to the restaurant and you order what you want, it's almost like I feel your brain is satisfied because it got the thing. So you don't need like as much of it. And I say this on every episode, I promise I'm going to get a new um, analogy, but fish tacos are my favorite thing. And in my mess, even though I wasn't bulimic anymore, I was still restricting and over-exercising for a while. And in that time, when I thought not throwing up my food, I'm good. I would get fish tacos, no cheese, no sour cream, um, basically fish in a tortilla. I would eat them all because it was like low fat. And Mm -hmm. I justified it that way. I, Mm -hmm. it wasn't even something that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Now I order fish tacos exactly as, as they come avocado, cheese, sour cream. I eat one. And if I'm still hungry, which I usually am, I'll eat two, but they'll give you like three or four. So it's like, you don't have to just eat it because it's on the plate and you'll be surprised that if you're ordering what you really want, your brain is satisfied and you yes. don't need that much of it. Is that a yes. thing? Yes. It's a big thing. So a couple of things I'll say, um, and I say this on a lot of podcasts, so I apologize if you've heard me say this before or you follow me on, on social media, but I think it's important. Um, we definitely, when you're eating a meal, we want to take care of the physical components. So when I say balanced meal, we, if it will be a lot easier to satisfy cravings and to feel sat full, um, and in a, in a way that feels, you know, I don't want to even use the word control because I don't like that word yeah, at all. Yeah, no, I got but, that. But um, just in a way that you're not going to be looking for food after, or you might not overdo it and be like, oh, how, why did that just happen? So the first component to that is on most of the time, guys, it's not a rule, but just most of the time, try to make a complex carbohydrate a lean protein and a healthy fat present. Um, so for example, of that fish taco, we have the, the tortilla is your carb. The fish taco is a lean protein and then a healthy fat, the avocado. And then Mm -hmm. the second layer to that. Oh, and then all, and then a fruit or a vegetable. So some sort of color, right? So you got maybe the cabbage on top, maybe you had a side salad or something like that. Um, so, so, uh, fat protein, carb, fruit or veggie, but the part that people miss is then the fun, the flavor. So that little bit of sauce that you allowed, it yes. wasn't a ton of sauce. It was a little no. bit of sauce. It was just enough. And that was everything that you were looking for. So the physical component, we want it to be balanced, but we also, the satisfaction component, we want it to have a flavor or create fun. And then there's that third component also too, is the experience or even the textures. Do you want something soft? Do you want something crunchy? Do you want something hot? Do you want something cold? When you really take it and guys, I know it sounds like it's like a lot going into this, but trust me, it takes, the more you get used to it, the more you practice it, it takes maybe like 
40 seconds in your brain, like, like yeah. not less than a minute. And when you really just take a minute to think when you're reviewing that menu, instead of thinking about, oh, I should get the salad or this is what it's the healthiest choice or whatever it is, give yourself a minute and ask yourself, what sort of experience am I looking for? What is it that I'm actually craving? Do I want something salty or sweet? Do I want something, you know, grilled or fried? Like, what am I looking for? And then now once you figure that out, how do I balance it using those previous components that I just said? Is there a protein present? Is there a carb present? Is there a healthy fat present? Is there a fruit or veggie present? Like that will really, if you can master that, I mean, that's what we teach people in the six months of food freedom program. Like it takes time, but once you master that, it's like every meal now becomes super satisfying and you're no longer looking and binging and overly snacking and just kind of just emotionally eating and just kind of eat, eat or feeling the need to restrict or purge through exercise or, you know, self-induced vomiting or whatever it is. You're no longer looking at that because you feel really good. You feel really in charge of your choices. Um, and everything just becomes consistent. And when you have that consistency, you actually have the, what we say food freedom. It means now that you have the mental headspace to like live life and focus on other things. And now food is no longer the thing that's occupying every morsel of your time, effort, and energy. Love it. Um, other than food, the other thing that took up all my headspace was exercise. Yes. Um, I saw something you posted, I think it was just super recently, um, about if you are working out or if you're eating and then doing all these things, you're like, uh, 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 like, (laughs) I think a lot of women don't see a problem with, they eat knowing that they're going to work out that day. Or like you're, you plan it ahead. Um, like eat whatever you want today. Cause you're starting a fast tomorrow. Can you talk about that kind of toxic patterns. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, I feel like when you're trapped in that cycle that you need, there's a lot of healing. You need healing with your body and healing with your relationship with food and healing with your relationship with exercise. So it's obviously exercise is something that we want is encouraged to help you, you know, gain muscle mass and to help with your sleep at night and to help manage stress and give release endorphins and improve your mood. Um, however, if you're only doing it to help control your calories, that's not much different than skipping meals as a, as a way to control your calorie intake. So it's important to just separate. And I think that's why I said earlier, when you're, you might, you can, it's okay to have a weight loss goal or a weight management goal. However, it's really important that when you're healing your relationship with food, you almost separate that. That can be like a future thing or a later thing. Like let's really work on the healing of your relationship with food first and worry about that second. So same thing with goes with your relationship with exercise. Think of it as a way to make, it makes you feel good. You know, probably feel great, but at the same time, know that it's also okay to take a day off. My relationship with exercise got pretty toxic. I would say maybe like five or six years ago. Um, and it was like, if I took a day off, I felt guilty. So if you ever sit, listen, like food, if you have, if you feel guilty for eating something, that's your relationship with food needs healing. If you feel guilty because you didn't work out that day, your relationship with exercise needs healing. Yes. That feeling of guilt and shame is attached to something. And we really need to dig a little mm. deeper and kind of figure out where is that coming from and just know that it's okay to take a rest day. And like Aaron shared earlier, it's all about also too, like it's okay. If it is about weight management, like work smarter, not harder. It is literally like counterproductive <laughs> to try to train and to train high intensity and to feel like it only counts as if it's, if you sweat, like it just goes back to that all or nothing mentality. And you're going to, you're just always, you're going to constantly feel like it's never enough. And that's, yes. the, that's the mindset we want to break out of is that you are enough. It is enough. You don't have to work 
harder in order to get the results that you're looking for. Just keep it simple and things will go a whole lot smoother. Yeah. For 20 years, exercise was a hundred percent almost like to undo food. It was like, yeah. well, I, I got to go for a run because I ate that. It, it was never until just very recently. Why did I start saying that? Oh, when I come back from a run, I feel it's like the, you cannot beat that feeling. It's like your endorphins. And I yeah. run for that feeling. I right. used to run to try to undo what I ate. And for so long, when you talk about work, uh, smarter, not harder seven days a week cardio. Cause I thought that's where the women mm-hmm. were supposed to do. The men are in the weight room and I didn't want to get bulky. Now I switch over. I lift and I lift a lot heavier than I used to disclaimer. Don't just go lift heavy start. <laughs> I'm not a trainer. Start with what you're doing now. Add a couple more pounds. If it's something that you're used to, and you're not feeling uh, challenged by anymore. And I do that three or four times a week and my body change. Like I, I eat more often and I work out less and I've been able to achieve the physical ideal that I tried to achieve for 20 years, working out seven days a week, restricting all the noise about calorie counting and all those things. It's like, I'm not working as hard anymore. Mm -hmm. And I heard myself just say it because also eating disorder community said it should not be about a physical ideal. You should eat to feel good. And when I keep bringing it back to a physical ideal, the reason that I do that is because I'm almost like blown away that I reached a physical ideal by honoring my hunger cues and taking care of my body and not mm-hmm. over-exercising. Mm-hmm. Whereas for 20 years, I thought under-eating, over-exercising would give me this physical ideal. And I live, like you said, frustrated, never satisfied because I'm doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I do the complete opposite. I eat more. I lift instead of cardio three or four times a week. And I've maintained my weight. Yeah. So that's, and I, I I think to, just to go off of that a little bit, I have heard a lot of times, a lot of people will say, you know, the second I stopped trying to lose weight, that's when the weight came off. I have heard that a lot at the same time. I also want to be, um, honest with the listeners that everyone's body really is different. So some people might not respond in that way, but the, the cost benefit analysis is just so you're going to like, life is going to be so much better when you can let go of this pressure to feel like you are going to somehow be able to manipulate and change the way that your body looks. Yes. Like when you truly come from a place of doing it for your mental health and your physical health, but making sure that they're aligned, your body will arrive to a place and it might fit the beauty standards or ideals or the thing you've been chasing. And it might not, however, you're going to feel much better. And there's a saying I I say a lot, which is the love, the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. And when you can get really confident in the idea of like, this is how I'm caring for myself. This is an act of self-care by eating balanced meals, hydrating with water, getting adequate sleep, managing my stress, moving my body for my mental health, not so much for, to look a certain way. Yeah, It's truly what keeps me happy. It keeps me consistent. And it's what, how my body wants to look as a result of me taking care of it better. And when you can fall in love with that, you don't no longer feel like you need to fit the mold or you, your body needs to look a certain way or anything like that. You become really okay with how your body is because you know that you really are genuinely trying your best. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because you're right. It's not going to, I'm not saying that this will work for everyone. Um, I guess I was talking to a very, like to the woman working out, 
Seven so we're trying really hard. You don't have to be trying. If you're trying, yeah, and not, and not seeing results, maybe yeah. don't work out seven days a week. Eat more to mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad mm-hmm. you said that too. When I stopped dieting, I lost weight. Cortisol. Yes. My life. Yeah. I lived in as, a, as, as you think you're, you're explaining this. I'm like, oh my God, this poor woman was so stressed all the I time. Was in Putting so much pressure yourself. Yeah. For 20 years, yeah. Tony, I lived yeah. in the state of stress slash cortisol, anxiety. which is a stress yeah. hormone that makes you hold on to fat. And it's like, when you calm the F down finally, and like people say, like, I stopped worrying about it. Your body, I feel again, not a professional will go to where <laughs> it's supposed to be. And it's hard as I tried to get it to where I wanted it to go. I was living in a constant state of stress with cortisol and it's holding on to everything. When you're under eating, when you're stressed out, honor your hunger cues, Yeah, mindful eating mm-hmm. changed everything for me. And I'm not a professional, but I, I have to keep it. I, it, I know it could help someone and it, you're right. It won't help. This will not, a, a weight loss may not come for everyone, but that person that is frustrated that they're only eating salads and not snacking and working out seven days a week and aren't losing weight, pick up my book because I can yeah. help you. Yeah. But somebody else that's not in that same situation. I'm glad that you clarified that. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to be, you just need to, it, you do it to feel good. And then the stress will go away. And then you'll, you, your body is that like, it feels like it goes to like a homeostasis point. Yeah. It's, it stays it's, there. It just, yeah. It's just, that's, <laughs> what I, that's actually what I was going to say next is like, for most people, they're probably having like used to a lot of fluctuations. You don't have the fluctuations anymore. Yes. You're just a steady, steady weight. Maybe and you're happier because you get to have the things yeah, yeah, that exactly. you were restricting. Like I was yeah. miserable when I was trying to be skinny. Like that was, everything was off limits. And now it's like, I know I can have a cocktail every day. Um, I, why wouldn't I want to live a balanced lifestyle and like make, I'll eat pretty healthy during the day. I'll have the thing. I'll have a handful of fries because I won't feel deprived if I have those and I'll stick with this, but I don't want to say stick with it. Cause it's not like a diet, but yeah. this, I will, it will be sustainable for me because I enjoy it. I'm not miserable. Like exactly. it, that's why balance works. I feel like. Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> How do you feel about alcohol? Is that um, bringing you I- down? <laughs> no, I, no, I, I love, I mean, it's oh God, it's so it's, it depends. Everyone's relationship with alcohol is so different, right? So it's a little bit different than when I talk about your relationship with food, because I have no idea about like, do you feel like you can't go without it? Do you feel like it only works when you go like all or nothing? Um, is there alcoholism in your family? It's a little bit trickier with that. You know um, what though, really quick about yes. all or nothing. I think that that's what people think. Like you drink every day. And I'm like, yes, people think drinking. It's like, when you say all or nothing, it's like people are chasing a buzz. And it's mm-hmm. like, why I remember somebody was on my podcast and I was talking about nursing and I was like, well, you're nursing. You can have like a glass of wine. And she's like, yeah, but like, what's the point of a glass? And I'm in my mind, I was like, I'm a glass of wine for me. It's not, I'm not chasing a buzz. It's like, yeah, I it's like an experience. It's an exactly. Yeah, yeah, if I'm having yeah. wings, I need an IPA. If I'm yeah. having pasta, I need red wine and yeah. I can stop after one, maybe two. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. not. People exactly. think drinking is like, and it's binge drinking. I I can moderate it. So if someone can't, yeah, that's then where it becomes, problem. yeah, then it's probably, then it becomes problematic, but it's definitely, um, and, and once again, it's never the choice. It's, it, it's always, there's a saying like, uh, the damage is in the dose and also your mindset behind it. So for some people, um, you know, having for you example, as a great example, having a drink every day is 
it keeps you from going from this, like feeling deprived and then, yes. maybe, you know, doing something else or going crazy. Whereas for somebody else, they might prefer, maybe they do like to enjoy a couple glasses. So they save it for the weekends, but they're still, this is the thing I always want to bring it about, back to always know one thing. There's a lot of things I can never just say one thing. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, one choice is never one choice. So if you are going to choose to say, maybe have three drinks in a night, like, I don't know about you, but for me, I would be hungover the next I day. I wouldn't feel good. I yeah. Not, and it's like, not worth it to mess with my sleep. I wouldn't like, do that. And, and so that's where if I'm okay, when you play out the movie, what is this end result? How is this going to make me feel? What is it going to look like at the end? And you're okay with having like a really shitty workout the next day, or maybe not even working out because you're too tired yes. or feeling hungover. But maybe in that moment, like maybe you genuinely are having like the best time of your entire life. It's yeah. been forever <laughs> since you've seen your friends. And you're like, you know what? I know tomorrow I'm going to feel like absolute crap, but right now I'm okay with that right now, because it's not like something I do all the time. Right. I like actually I'm okay with it. Now that doesn't mean now I have six glasses because it's the one time it's just more so like, all right, I overdid it. Tomorrow's going to suck a little bit. Let me drink some water, go to bed. And that's that. Yes. Right. So it really, it all comes down to your mindset around it. And that's the thing, like you get to choose, but just know that one choice always leads to another choice, which usually leads to another choice. And if you're okay with that outcome, great. And if you're not, you have the power to change in that moment. You don't have to start over on Monday. You don't have to start yes. over the next day. You can make a swap in that moment. You can make the switch. You can make a change and you can decide yet. Yeah, you know what? I thought, I, you know, even there's so many times this happens to me. It's like crazy. It's, it's just, you'd think I don't understand at this point. I always order the second drink at dinner. I never drink it every <laughs> right. time, every time. It's like, I, cause you your brain is satisfied. You got it's, one. It's like, you would think I would just know. I never like the second drink. <laughs> it's a but, journey, <laughs> but I just always, I'm like, yeah, they come by. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll want it. And then I don't, but it's fine. So yeah, it goes to waste, but that's okay. But you're so in tune with your cues that like, you don't want it. It's like somebody would be like, well, I ordered it. I might as well. Yeah. And then and, it's but not but you're like, good. no. Yeah. And so but, you just, yeah. You can say no, you can say no, thank you. You can let things go to waste. You can wrap up your food, bring it home for leftovers. Yes, you don't have like, to waste it. You don't have to have it right, right there and right now. When you genuinely understand that it's okay to have it again tomorrow, it's okay to have it for breakfast in the morning. You don't feel like yes. you have to have it in that moment. And those impulsive moments, those are the ones that can be really problematic. So just be mindful, take a minute, pause, check in and ask yourself, am I okay with the outcome of making this choice? Yes. I love looking at it that way. That's why, because during the week, if I have a glass of wine every day, it makes it less tempting. Whereas like, I would be like on Saturday, I didn't even feel like it, but like we're watching football or something. I'm like, Oh, I can drink. So I don't even want it. But when I mm -hmm. want it, I would be like, it's off limits. Mm -hmm. If you just give your body what it wants in that moment, mm -hmm. it's not as like, I can have wine open in the fridge and not be like, I got to finish it. Tomorrow's yeah. not a drinking day. Yeah. It's just less uh, tempting. Like it's not as it's well, wine. No, exactly. And that's, that's the other thing too, with constant exposure, it loses it. This we put, especially going back to the food, like it, it's no longer on a pedestal. Yes. So a lot of people are afraid of like leaving their trigger foods in their house. I always say leave them, but then also have an alternative so you can practice choosing, yeah. but eventually also too, if you just allowed yourself to have it on a daily basis, it would lose this like eventually you'd get tired of it. You really, you'd be, you don't need it anymore. You wouldn't want it anymore. That plus the balanced meals, like those two things, it's a game changer for a lot of people. Tony, this was incredible. It's, it's always great to have a professional come on and like co-sign and kind of check me on things. Cause that's exactly <laughs> what I want this to be. 
you're an online nutrition coach, right? Like where can people yes. find you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, right now we're taking a couple clients. I'm full, a couple, my one dietitian has one spot left. Um, but I would suggest going to tipswithtony.com slash coaching. If you resonated with anything today and you do want some help with healing your relationship with food and finding balance in your eating habits, um, definitely go to tipswithtony.com slash coaching. Um, if you want a copy of my book, once upon a diet, you can get that on Amazon. And if also, if you just want like free content, you want to follow me on Instagram. That's always a great place to follow me at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of squats and margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.